three, two, one. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Texas Private School Podcast. We are not sponsored by Minute Maid Lemonade. We will get to our fantastic sponsors at the halfway point of the episode. As always, I am one half of your hosting crew. I am joined today by Walker Lot from the heart of College Station. I am in Dallas, Texas. Walker Lot, another, um, well, I'd say fantastic week. It was a fantastic week. Not fantastic for my pick. You know what? I say that. It wasn't a bad pick. It wasn't. A, it weren't bad picks by us. Right. It's just the ones we lost. We lost in glorious fashion, and oh, heard absolutely. about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, your your thoughts on the the small bit of chaos that ensued last week? The more chaos, the better. Always is my opinion, and uh, you know I always want the most chaos in the season. It's the best type of football where you don't even know what's going to happen every week, and um, this is one of those weeks. Uh, some of the picks we were confident, some of the picks we were like uneasy about, and they made us pay all those, all the the variables. So, but yeah, great week. Uh, excited for it. Excited for to talk about last week because it was a great one, and excited for another great week of Texas high school football. Absolutely, I'd like to give a thank you to the St. John's Burners because it gave me a good opportunity to to test out my my Twitter comebacks a little bit, and I, I think they're they're still they're still pretty strong. Would you say they're still they're still decent at least? Yeah, you still got it, man. You still do. Okay, good, good. I, I gotta just like fire off one or two every once in a while just to make sure I, I stay sharp. I gotta sharpen the knife here and there, but. That being said, we will jump straight into our pick records. Walker, you went 15 and 4 last week. I went 14 and 5. Um I can't be be dropping games in this tight of a race. I'm now 4 games under you. You are you just eclipsed the century mark. You are 127 overall. I'm 96 and 31. Um if I was a better analyst or better at stats, I would have that win percentage in front of me already, but Walker, um, a very good. I'd have to go back and see mm. how this pick record through eight weeks stacks up to what what we've done previously. But probably your strongest total so far. Um, your thoughts on oh, having yeah. a commanding lead in the pick record? Oh, hundred percent. Uh, really, really good week. Uh, episode. Okay, so I don't know if this is true. Uh, maybe it is. Okay, so we episode week season three week seven. So last week, uh, we were all in the sixties last week. Mm. So. With around 30 losses. So, yeah, that kind of makes sense. So, we might have picked a little bit more here and there. But, I mean, we're doing, we're doing much better than last year. But, yeah, uh, good week. Bel Air, we both pick Bel Air. We both pick Houston Christian. Both pick San Antonio Christian. Uh, I picked Grapevine Faith. And then you picked Beaumont Kelly and Country Day. And those teams let you down. So, yeah, uh, that's where it cost you. But, I mean, still, another good week. Some surprising losses, and we did not see coming. But, uh, yeah, yeah, another good week. Absolutely. Walker, you are picking games correctly at almost a 79% flip, which I think is probably – again, I need to go back and look. Ryan had a really good record a couple years ago, but possibly the the best pick record we've had to date so far. So, although we have lost some games in in epic fashion, uh, we're – you at least are picking games at a clip that I don't think we've done before. So congratulations to you. And that being said, I will be coming back with a vengeance in the second half of the season. I think district play, I've got to make my money, but it might be a little difficult because I think 
we get a lot more information on these teams once we get into district. And then a lot of our picks become very, very similar. So I'm going to have to, I just need, I need to average one or two games a week getting up. And then I think, I think I might have it, or I just said all that and I'm going to end up losing by, <laughs> by 30 games. It could go either way, but that being said, that is a perfect segue into our scoreboard recap presented by TXPS media. Shout out to Ryan Schroeder. We are going to do one sentence for each game. We will forgo five or four games, excuse me, on the left-hand panel as we will retail uh, as we will detail those in more depth later. We will start with Houston St. Pius at Concordia Lutheran Walker again that you are at. Concordia wins 14 to 6. My sentence, Lou Lamar is a dog. Yeah, uh battle of the defenses. Shout out to Lou Lamar. He's a special athlete. Excited to see what he does at Dartmouth. Absolutely. Did you see that like that 28 comment thread under our dude? Yeah. They were they were getting after each other. That was funny. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah, that was that was interesting for sure. Next game, Houston St. Thomas destroys Central Catholic 49 to 20. Uh the train keeps on rolling. Shout out to St. Thomas and Richmond Wire. Yeah, more and more Houston St. Thomas is looking like maybe the best team in Division One. First Baptist beats Munster Sacred Heart 42 to nothing. Covered the spread. <laughs> uh, it's interesting to see the rise and fall of First Baptist compared to Sacred Heart because, you know, Sacred Heart was a title favorite last year, and now they're not looking too hot this year. But on the opposite side, First Baptist has caught the stride in the district, and they're, they're destroying the competition. So, interesting. That being said, there's a big matchup between them and a team out in Lubbock in Dallas uh, next week, which um, – not giving anything away, but it'd be a good matchup to go and cover. Next game, Victoria St. Joseph beat San Antonio Christian 19 to 17. San Antonio Christian, why have you forsaken me? Yeah, you know, they had a big win over the other team. I think it was uh, Brownsville last week, and then they lose to Victoria. The St. Joseph's are going to be an interesting one this year. It's going to be interesting to see how they do this year. Absolutely. Next game, the Woodlands Christian gets back on track, beating Kelly Catholic 49-35. to Big win for the Woodlands Christian. Good to see. Need to dive into the stats. Really want to see how that turned out. Yeah, you know, they're looking like a good team in their district this year. That's a big win over a team that, you know, has had success this year in Kelly Catholic. Uh, it would also be a really great game, you know, going up to what the Woodlands next week uh, as they face Fort Bend. That would be a great game to go cover, you know. Yeah, so. Absolutely. Moving into the next game, Fort Bend Christian beats Lutheran South 26-7. to Could Fort Bend Christian turn around and win this district? <laughs> they could. They desperate. They could, man. Uh, hopefully they found their stride. You know, Lutheran South is uh, not the best team in Houston, of course, but this is still a good win. Uh, is that their first win of the season? Uh, no, I think they won one before that. Okay. So, I mean, hey, look, maybe Fort Bend's found their stride going in the district, which, honestly, that's the best time to hit your stride. So, I'm um, excited to see how they do the rest of the year. Absolutely. Brook Hill beats Grace Pratt 27-7. to The guard looking polished, even with a change at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're looking like a good team in Division Three. Excited to see how they do in district. Uh, going back to the previous game, shout out to Max Granville, who was in Aggieland this last week. Uh, shout out to him, man. Make the right decision, Max. We uh, we all know it's uh it's it's a fan from personal experience. It's a great place to be. Next game, TCS Lubbock Weed Wax Covenant Christian forty eight to ten. Um, would like to go fly to another 
Lubbock Christian game if possible. I needed to call my cousin. That would be a fantastic game to go watch. Uh, you have a seat in the back, you know, you have one more seat in the back that oh, we, we, a whole family I, trip. Absolutely. That would be a great, a great podcast. Make, make two trips to West Texas this year. We got to keep doubling it every year. Yeah. Next game, Dallas Christian destroys covenant Christian 55 to zero. Did we expect anything else? No. Next game. <laughs> Next game, San Antonio, Holy Cross beats China, St. Paul 53 to 19. <clears throat> Gibby. <laughs> oh my gosh. Gibby. <laughs> no, but I for real. Holy Cross. <laughs> Shout out to Holy Cross, man. They they got some dogs over there, man. They really do. Absolutely. I'm, I, I'm excited to see how they do in district. That's a good one against, you know, a team like St. Paul, who's always is always scary to face. Absolutely. Next game, Hallsville Sacred Heart beats Magnolia Legacy Prep 41 to 8. Um Shout out Nick Angerstein. Uh, that's that's not a bad legacy prep team by any means. A very commanding win for the Indians. Yeah, big big win. Uh, excited to see how they keep doing. I like I say, I think they're the best team in the South in Division Four. Absolutely. Next game, Kincaid beats St. Mark's fifty-one to twenty-eight. Um, Kincaid really looking like they rounded a corner. I know St. Mark's isn't any. That's more than one sentence. I'm going to stop it there. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Kincaid. Klosik told us defense is legit. Excited to see how offense does against better teams. Absolutely. Trinity Valley beats Green Hill 47 to 3. The comeback's going to be something to watch. Yeah. Uh Forward Trinity Valley is headed to uh what was it, Arlington in a couple weeks, and they are on the fast track to get there. Absolutely. John Cooper beats Fort Worth Country Day 28 to 21. The one time I pick Country Day and the one time I pick against Cooper, it bites me in the butt. <laughs> uh yeah, the Dragons, it's that game was uh who is the who has the best player on the field and that player is gonna win. And that's what uh shout out to Dean Calhoun for the big time game ceiling win, uh winning run. So shout out to him. Yes, sir. Austin Regents destroys Brownsville St. Joseph fifty to twenty two. Next question. Get them out of that district. Next question. <laughs> Argyle Liberty beats Fort Worth Christian 85 to 13. How does this happen? We were told that all their starters went out at half, and it was what, like 55 or 60 at half? What happened? I I apparently their defense just kept scoring. So I I guess shout out to Liberty. That's that's yeah. honestly ridiculous. Tyler TK Gorman loses to Mercy Culture Prep 33 to 16. I remember the days when Gorman was formidable. Guess who's back? Back again. John Ray Buck. Go tell a friend. Uh <laughs> shout out to John Ray Buck coming back. Man, that's a big that's a big moment for Mercy Culture, especially with their playoff hopes coming down the line soon. Houston Second Baptist beats Katie St. John 51 to zip. Sets up a very interesting matchup this week. Yeah, uh, both teams are coming in hot after wins, and Second Baptist is, you know, finally healthy. Cannon Tune is back. J.D. Chris is back. They look pretty good going into this Fort Bend game. Fort Worth Temple Christian beats Waco Riker Catholic 48-7. to I remember the days Riker was in the state title game. <laughs> Shout out Elijah Cummings and Jake Bishop. Those are the two star players for Waco Riker back in the day, but – yeah, Temple Christian, man, uh, it's going to be an interesting squad where how do they do, uh, you know, a district against 
you know, or sorry, how how would they do in playoffs against the you know teams like Lubbock and for, uh, First Baptist when those games come around? Because uh, Temple's a good squad and they always win games, and you know they're probably like what the third best team in that district this year. It's just are they as talented as the other two? That's always the question. It will be interesting to see. But all that being said, that concludes our one sentence per game scoreboard recap powered by TXPS Media. Moving on, we will get into our five games that we previewed last week. We will recap all of those, starting with an interesting one, Midland at Fort Worth All Saints. Fort Worth All Saints survives. No, this game was at Midland, right? Or was it at All Saints? No, it was at All Saints. Okay, just making sure I got that right. All Saints survives a scare against Midland Christian as they escape with a 14-7 to win. The game was tied 7-7 to going into the fourth quarter, where Kelvin Ryan ultimately seals the game with a 46-yard touchdown run, whereas Midland Christian could not answer. Walker, I want to ask, is this more of a testament to Midland's defense or a condemnation of Fort Worth's offense? You know, All Saints has more athletes than you can shake a stick at, and Midland's got really good athletes, but not in the same volume that All Saints does. You know, we expected this would probably be I don't know, probably 20, 21 point win for all Saints. 14 to 7 with a very close game well into the fourth quarter. What are your thoughts here with how this played out? Yeah. Um, man, it's interesting. Very, very interesting. I mean, I think it's definitely a credit to Midland's defense. As we all know, Midland all when it comes to coaching and being able to be coached, no one does it better than Midland. They always come correct in every game they play. And, you know, Coach Cunningham over there, we have to, we, we, we should always remember this man has experience with Coach Beck for many and many years. So he knows how to play uh, Coach Beck in that fourth All Saints squad. And this year is no different. Uh, but yeah, I think this is the kind of where the best player in the field, Ian Kelder Ryan, makes his, you know, makes it known maybe later in the game. But you have to credit Midland. They're always going to be coached really well. And, and even with the guys out there with the grit that they have, that's a big, that's a, you know, that's a statement. I don't know how to say this without like it's as a statement loss because <laughs> it, like it, it shows that they are legit because we said it. If if you told me preseason that it was going to be a seven point game until like two minutes or it was going to be a tie game until two minutes left in the game, I would have called you crazy because I thought Fort Worth Allsense was going to blow out most teams they play. So that's a you know, that's a very, very tough loss. Uh, for Midland, but it shows a lot about this Midland team. Yeah, it really does. It's funny because statement loss is kind of an oxymoron, but right. it's it's very true. It's very true in this sense. I know Midland doesn't, I'm sure Midland doesn't believe in moral no. victories. I know they really wanted this one. And with a culture like Midland Christian, there's no such thing as a moral victory. But this is this is something that shows that Midland is legit in yep. that district and they're not just going to lay down and take it. And that's going to lead up to a really interesting game that we're going to preview this week. I'm very excited to see how that plays out, but shout out to all saints at the end of the day, a win is a win and it's good. It's good to be tested like that, especially in district. I think both teams can really yeah, grow. That'll from be a that. good, that'll be a great wake up call for all saints. If I were them like being like, okay, yeah, we have all these guys. We have all this talent. We beat Preston Wood. We beat all these teams, right? It don't matter when it comes into district, district is at the end of the day that's what matters and anyone can come and hit you in the mouth even at home so i think this is a good wake-up call for them especially when they have to play uh all saints ses at home this week and you know stuff like that where hey also ses is a kind of a team like midland where they're going to come coach really well 
They're going to hit you in the mouth and they're going to run right at you. So, um, you know, that helps me in my belief where, hey, SES might be able to do it. But this also is a wake-up call, I think, for all Saints. Definitely so. So it'll be interesting to follow both of those teams moving forward. Next game to recap, one that I – in a series of games that I don't really want to recap based on our picks, but we will regardless. Episcopal – loses to St. John's where the Cole Allen show is on full display on Friday as the Mavericks stun EHS 33-32. Cole Allen had four touchdowns on 276 rushing yards as the Knights had no answer to the junior monster on the ground. Despite only passing for 32 yards, St. John's averages 9.6 yards per rush and absolutely guts Episcopal for 385 yards on the ground. Walker, this obviously was not what we expected, especially with EHS being crowned kind of the kings of private school after knocking off Parish Episcopal. St. John says we don't care about that at all. This 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 division is ours, and it's going to set up some really interesting dynamics in SPC four. As always, seems to happen once we get in the district. I mean, what are your thoughts on this matchup and what it means for four A as a whole? Now that's huge. I mean, like. Jack Closeth was talking about how that's the biggest win in St. John's history as a program, which I don't know if that's true, but I'll take his word for it. I um, think it is. I mean, it's that's a huge, huge win. And, uh, you know, Cole Allen, we've been raving about him since he was a sophomore in high school, about how good this kid is, or freshman in high school, freshman. actually. So we, we, we've been saying how good this kid is, and he's showing it year in, year out. He's a Division One talent, and he beat one of the best defenses in all of TXBS easily, um, which is, I mean, amazing. And you and you have to add on. Remember the big run by Col- uh, Stephen Gill late in the fourth to you know have another score and stuff like that. Man, you have to give credit to this team. Um, you know, it's it's it. They shocked so much. Uh, they shocked me. They shocked the you know. TXPS landscape of how good this team is and defensively you know we talked about in the pre the pre uh, whatever the preview when we picked the game we talked about okay this defense is much better than we remember it being last year on in the in the trenches they're much better than they were last year and they showed this game where EHS is probably some of the best in the trenches their best you know only having 32 yards passing like their defense is legit and their guys up front and their weapons like Held had a great game, and uh, man, I'm excited to see St. John's. As you always say, you can't beat a team twice. It's hard to beat a team twice, and if these two teams face in the SBC championships in a couple weeks, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting one. It will, and yeah, that means, I mean, I'm trying to just project further to think what's going to happen for SBC 4A because it always just becomes a nightmare. You've got ESD in there. You've got Kincaid, St. John's. We'll we'll preview a little more of that later, but it's um yeah, I can see. see I can see this coming down to to tiebreakers and playoffs and things like that. It's gonna be interesting. But yeah, I think EHS essentially has to win out here um to be in the title game. I say that and I, I don't even really believe it because I believe that teams can can I don't know how to explain this, but beat other teams and put themselves yeah. in a position where you have like a three way tie at the end of the at the end of the day. But because you still have to, you know, I I if any of the schools are out, I would maybe say ESD right because it was the four four horse race, and out of the four, I would think it'd be ESD with the loss to Bel Air forty two to nine. 
I think it shows, okay, if that's happened to you, and then St. John's is going to do something somewhat equally if the transitive property works, right? So that's that. And then Kincaid, Kincaid has to run the gauntlet of at ESD, at Bel Air, and then a neutral site at Rice versus St. John's. So if they want to win it, they have to go on the road and win it. And so, you know, Kincaid's five and two. They have a good defense. They have all the talent. They have good players. They're they don't have a Bell brother. They don't have a power five guy, but they have a solid football squad. And that might be enough to kind of, you know, rattle some things and get somehow for another year get back to the SBC championship. Absolutely. We have a long road ahead of us to Arlington, but it's going to be a fun one nonetheless. Next game to recap is Houston Christian at Cypress Christian, where Cypress Christian knocks off the Kings of SVC 3A, 27-17, to establish themselves as a legitimate threat in Division Three. John Kelly runs the ball 40 times this game for 214 yards and two touchdowns. And Warden Hayduck gets 157 yards and a touchdown through the air as the Warriors' rushing attack proves just too much for the Stangs. Excuse me, Warden Hayduck rushed for 157 yards and a touchdown. But... Walker, just a master class on the ground from Cypress Christian in this game against a Houston Christian defense that I didn't think was bad at all. And more impressively, they held Kilchrist, Pigeon, um, Jones, and all of that offense to 17 points. I mean, a really impressive performance from Cypress Christian. How do you think this sets them up for competing in D3 the rest of the year? I think it shows that they can, I think they will run the South. I think they will, you know, hit DC in the mouth. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go out and say they're gonna win, because that's crazy right now. But if anyone can do it with the now, you know, a guy like John Kelly on a team, it's Cypress Christian, and they just hit people in the mouth and show that they are still here and they're gonna be in your face all night long. And, um, you know, I said in the episode, I wasn't wrong. I said if, I said if, I should have said I. Like I said to Zeke, who uh, shouted us out and pointed this out, I said, "Now I know to never test y'all when you get when you're able to run the ball. You're always going to be able to run the ball." But like, um, I did say if they're able to run the ball, they're going to make me regret my pick, and that's what absolutely happened. And um, John H- John Kelly and Warren Hayduck, you know, the stats show for themselves. Big big performances by them. And the defense is one of the best in all of taps. I mean, it is legit. It's coached really well. It's always what happens when you're coached by Coach Hogan and the guys that are around him. Um, I mean, it's just it's insane. They are good coach squad. They're disciplined. They're tough. They're physical. And and especially at this level, like that's what you want, and that's how you win games. And um, yeah, it's it's they're gonna be able to run the ball in anyone in the state. Does the question we're going to find out in, I don't know, a month or two from now is, is DC going to be able to stop it? That will be interesting. And that is the question providing they both get there. That will make for a heck of a repeat title matchup, but shout out to both those teams will be interesting to follow them moving forward. Next game to recap Parish Episcopal at Bishop Lynch Harvard commit Maddox Reed rushes for 223 yards and three touchdowns as Parish routes the Friars. 58 to 14 junior standout Sawyer Anderson accounts for 285 yards and four touchdowns finding junior Carson Darby for 135 and a touchdown both Jalen Pyle and Bryson Fields also caught touchdowns from Anderson on the evening 
both Hurley Weicker and Ty Whitty record two tackles for loss on the evening as really everything just went right for Parrish here. What's the most impressive for me is I knew that Parrish would score points on Lynch because their defense just isn't super elite this year. Holding Lynch to 14 points is very impressive in my opinion. I know that's expected from Parrish fans, especially with the results they've had against Lynch in the past few years. This Lynch offense is nothing to scoff at. I watched them give Dallas Christian, who is a very legitimate stout defense, problems in the first half. And to limit guys like Legend Howell, Godswill Giadolo, or P.J. Washington, Ty Bradley, to only 14 points, that's a huge testament to a parish defensive unit that has caught some flack in the early weeks of the season. But with guys like Caleb Mitchell Irving coming back, I really do think that it's going to be it's it's a good sign for Parrish and a sign that I think they're still going to have no problems running through this division. Yeah, um, I don't think there. I I think it shows that you know Parrish is still in a league of their own, and um, it, it, it especially at least in Division One where um, you know they don't have to play the likes of like a Liberty or All Saints in the North. They just don't, and so. Um, which is crazy that Division Two is arguably better than Division One, honestly, overall. Because it happens in Houston too. Like Division Two is probably the best level of football in the state in private school. That's probably what it is overall. Anyways, not the point. Uh, Parish, yeah. I mean, I think that's a great defensive performance. Offensively, they're always going to score. You know, Coach Novikov is one of the best offensive coordinators in the state, and it showed it this week. Um, but yeah, Parrish's defense came to play and it's very, very impressive. Excited to see how they do. And uh, hopefully it's a good game against Preston Wood in a couple of weeks. Absolutely. That's making up for an exciting matchup, but we will preview that when it comes. Before we get into everything else, we have one final game to recap, one that is special to me, Grapevine Faith at Grace Community. It's funny. I'll give some some backup here. I got into a lot of traffic on um on I-20 driving back and I got there later than I wanted to and I'm pulling up and like the everything it's I forgot it was Grace's homecoming everything is so packed <laughs> I couldn't even park at Grace or in any of the annex parking lots around there I had to they they told me to leave and I had to go park in a, in a neighborhood like a half mile away from Grace and like I pull up and like they're doing the national anthem I'm like kind of walk jogging with my backpack just trying to get down to the field before kickoff it was a very funny sight if anyone saw that happening but I was as for the actual a, game that makes a lot more sense because you texted us when we we're doing the thing you're like all right give me 15 minutes walking to my car and i was like it's gonna take 15 <laughs> minutes to get to your car but yeah that makes a lot more sense oh yeah i was i was parked in the woods nowhere near grace but it, it was fun it was a fun time but in terms of the actual game, Grace establishes dominance in District 2 behind a six-touchdown effort from Grant Turner. Grace improves to 6-0 and with a 61-35 victory over Faith. Grant Turner was the absolute star on the night with 209 rushing yards and six, you heard that correctly, six touchdowns. It could not be stopped by anyone on Faith. Sophomore quarterback Zach Davis also tossed two touchdowns to Aiden Heck, who was one of the most impressive players I saw in Tyler. That kid is legit. He's a state champion in the 300 hurdles. And just whether it was at receiver, he first caught my eye on DB where he had two great pass breakups in the first quarter and then just absolutely waylaid somebody on a screen pass in the second half. That kid is legit. 
Defensively, also, Lawson Livingston came up with a big interception, whereas Dylan Taylor and Blake Harmon were impressive at linebacker. In terms of faith, Clayton Sebecki is is that dude. I mean, even though they lost, he was still almost impossible to contain for Grace. They did a good job, but he still broke several long runs loose, and Air Force is getting an absolute gem. I can't ever say enough good things about Clayton Sebecki. Also, Ben Wagner and Noah Smith were impressive in the loss, but Grace's defense ultimately reigned true. I say their defense, really their offense with a 61-point performance. Walker, this was, in my opinion, a huge game for the landscape of Division II, District Two. I felt like the winner of this would come out and establish dominance in terms of the fast track to win that district. Grace is still going to have to deal with legacy in a couple of weeks, but what are your thoughts on this game and how it's kind of shaping up the landscape of District Two? Yeah, that's a that's a big win, and you know shows that uh, Grace is not only like a good team in D- District Two. I think it's a good team in all of Division Two. I think they're a really good squad, and you know Faith is, uh, like you said, it's going to be Wagner and Sebecki, and if they can win you game, they will. If not, they're not going to win as many games. And uh, so, the best player in that district is you know Clayton Sebecki, and he showed it that game. It's just not enough. And it's just it's that type of thing. And I, I went for the best player on the field type of situation. It just didn't work out for me. But, yeah, big, big win for Grace. And hopefully, you know, for as a friend and also a co-host, I'm hoping for your, you know, Cougars to outright win the district championship this year. So I hopefully they do it this year. Great. We're just giving Legacy more reasons to – I don't think they dislike you at all. I think they they really just dislike me now, which I'm trying to think. I don't remember saying anything bad about Legacy. I remember Ryan said that they weren't that fond of me whenever he went down there. I guess it might have been me rooting for Grace to beat them last year in our bet. Because I'm now thinking, because right. I have jokingly poked fun with some schools. I can't remember this season. I don't think I've said anything about Legacy, have I? No, you haven't. I Like, if anyone, if I should be the one that doesn't like Legacy since I was the one playing them. And they were the reasons my senior year we didn't make playoffs because they beat us. So I should be the one that holds a grudge. And maybe I still do, but like, that's not the point, but um, no. Yeah. I think you're fine. We'll see. But yeah, no, I think grace needs to take care of business against legacy and win that district. And then, you know, it's always interesting. It's no secret that district one is head and shoulders above district two in terms of talent. Um, They win that district. I'll be interested to see who they draw out of district one in the playoffs, but it'll, I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to be a battle no matter who they draw. Now, if it's a team, it's not going to be Liberty or anything like that, where I'm going to be like, okay, there's no way. But like, if they pull like a, a Midland or a faith, like it's, or, it's going to be interesting, I think, or, or, or the Eagles of Southwest Christian, that's going to be if, fun. I, I expect, hopefully not, but if I had to guess, we probably will get that fourth spot in that district, right? So if you get outright district champs, one 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 versus four would be the first round of the playoffs. I think you'll be having to make a make a trip to Tyler. Then we'll have a joint a joint coverage of, of something that's never happened. Or we actually Grace and Southwest, or I'm sorry, Grace and um, SCS played our first year um, doing this. Yeah, our first year doing this, and SCS just wiped the floor with Grace. Grace was bad that year, but I think it'd be and again it'd be a good one. No, I think so. It's it would be. I, I don't think Grace would be favored by a whole lot in that game, just because I SCS from people who know ball SCS might get a little bit beaten down in that district, but that's just because District One's a war. I really yeah. do think 
a Grace versus SCS matchup, it'd be a coin flip. And again, I know we're we're speculating into the future here, but that would be that'd be a heck of a matchup to go and watch. No, that'd be crazy. That'd be absolutely crazy. Absolutely. But that being said, Grace gets a huge win, puts them in the driver's seat for District 2. Really, really hoping the Cougars, selfishly and incredibly biased, I'll admit it, hopefully they can pull District out of the bag. Walker, we have one more game to recap, a game that you were at, Concordia versus St. Pius. What did you see down there? Yeah, uh, it was a good one. Uh, battle of the defenses. It was what? I think it was 14-6. to six. Uh, 14, six. Yeah. Yeah. It was a close one. Uh, the offenses of both sides just couldn't really get anything going. You know, then the finally, uh, Concordia were able to score twice. Uh, one of them was a big, uh, it was a pick six by number 34. Yeah. Joseph Beverly. Oh yeah. The sophomore who was, he looked impressive also. Uh, Joseph Beverly, the 2026 linebacker got the pick six to start out the scoring for the both squads. And then in the, in the, I don't remember. I think in the second quarter or whatever. The second touchdown for Concordia was by Lou Lamar, who is easily the best player on the field. Um, I think Dartmouth is getting this deal with him. I think his I think he's definitely a natural position is gonna be the secondary at the next level. But yeah, the kid's a dog. He's gonna be a great safety at the next level, good athlete. He would start at honestly a lot of private schools in the state even the bet the better ones that you the names you think you could hear but he's a great kid great athlete and he has a bright future ahead of him I, I was really really impressed with him since we you know didn't know much about him but he he's the real deal four is the real deal uh on a couple other guys for you know concordia I want to shout out reese kuchar uh that was a guy that we mentioned last episode he had a couple of good plays uh cole chance the running back and of course, uh, Tanner Huckfeld, the quarterback for the 2025 quarterback for Concordia, they have a good, you know, they are, I think he has a bright future ahead of him. Uh, I think he has all the tools and the tangibles to be a good quarterback at the next level. I'm excited to see how he progresses the rest of the year, which he's had a really good year so far. How does he take that into the offseason, into playoffs, and then also into the next year? So excited for that. But yeah, they have a good squad. Uh, yeah, St. Pius has a, has a, good couple of players joshua mitchell was a guy who stood out to me a lot you know he was a guy who ran the ball really really well and was kind of their main guy on offense anytime he had the ball it was probably he probably got 35 carries on the night uh ethan mcmahon was a guy you know we've known about for a while that was impressive braxton bias the the bridgeland transfer wasn't bad he just the, their both offenses couldn't really get going this game so we didn't get to see all of them but he he looked like he wasn't you know has a bright future ahead of him in that 25 class and also preston kyle probably was one of their better players the kicker uh you know who is he can that kid can boot it and he has a future at the next level kicking so uh, guys like that, they have a bright future ahead of them. You know, Samuel Williams, the Mike linebacker, the 2025 guy, he's another guy for them. So they have pieces, you know, 81, Noah, uh, Nathan Alvarez. Yeah, they have pieces. It's it's going to be interesting to see how they get to, um, put it all together the next couple of weeks. But, yeah, just a rough game offensively for both squads, but Concordia pulls out the win. Thankful to be down at Concordia. Thank you for everyone who invited me. Uh, it was an awesome, awesome environment. Excited to see how both squads do in the future. So, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Great win for another one of my adopted schools in Concordia Lutheran. Rooting rooting for you guys. Not as hard as Grace, but certainly, certainly in the cards for me to root for the rest of the season. Yep. So with that being said, that will conclude the recap of our five plus one games from last week. We will now move into our other news segment, starting with one of my favorite segments, Do They Cover? 
So the first team we're going to look at and ask, do they cover Dallas Christian? Last week, they did, in fact, cover the spread. This week, they are 44.5-point favorites versus Dallas Homeschool. Yes, Dallas Christian, in my opinion, does cover a 44.5-point spread. Walker Law, your thoughts? Dallas HSAA has those three brothers, remember, that are like Division One offered. So uh, that doesn't mean they're not going to cover the spread because they absolutely are. But I would love to see if – uh, I don't know if they watch it, but it, I know people from D.C. definitely watch it. So let us know how those guys are, because I'm excited to see if they're, you know, Division One tal- caliber players. Are they, you know, fun to play against? All that jazz. So, uh, but yeah, D.C. definitely covers this. There we go. Next game. Does Parrish cover last week? They did, in fact, cover versus Bishop Lynch. This week, they are 32 and a half point favorites versus Cornerstone Christian. This is interesting because Cornerstone traditionally has yeah. talent, but... Um, after seeing what Parrish did to Lynch last week, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say they cover. I think they're too cohesive of a unit and not to cover a 32-point spread. Yeah, uh, yeah, they definitely cover this. I'm not going to say much about it. Um, Cornerstone's an interesting squad, though, but yeah, Parrish covers. And the next game is does Liberty cover 25.5-point spread versus Midland Christian? I will say... In, in the buildup and anticipation for this, we are going to wait and answer this question whenever we we preview the game because that's such a big game that I don't I don't feel like I don't feel like ruining that right now with a with a pick spread. So we will leave that alone. And also Fort Bend, sorry, not Fort Bend, Dallas First Baptist is on a bye this week. So we are not going to ask if they cover or not. So that was the do they cover segment. All righty, so with the conclusion of our Do They Cover segment, we will now move into the TXPS Media Power Rankings, the top 10 of all divisions of private school. Let's get into it. Number one, Liberty Christian. Number two, Parish Episcopal. Number three, Houston St. Thomas. Number four, with a huge rise, Houston St. John's. Number five, Episcopal Bel Air. Number six, Dallas Christian. Number seven, Fort Worth All Saints. Eight is Plano Prestonwood. Nine is Austin Regents. And rounding out the spot at number 10 is Dallas First Baptist. So, Walker, some considerable shakeup warranted by uh, by a few upsets here last week. Uh, any any overarching thoughts with the change in the rankings? Well, Liberty, you know, who thought they were number one, officially are number one, so that's good for them. Parish moves up, or St. Thomas moves up to the three spot, which I think they definitely deserve that after a couple of big wins. Um, and now we get to talk about the situation. So Parish did lose to EHS. But they haven't they haven't rattled afterwards and looked strong since then over beating some big public schools as well since then, um and starting district off score strong against a Bishop Lynn squad who we thought they were going to score a lot more so that is why they don't fall so far down and stay at that number two spot, um. For then St. John's goes above EHS because of course they beat EHS but they don't pass St. Thomas because St. Thomas beat them week one. And then EHS goes down to five, which I think is a right choice. I know EHS fans are going to be mad about the Parish situation, but they lost. You lost more recently than Parish did. So, and the Parish's loss was what week two. So, um, you know, recency bias a little bit there. For the other ones, All Saints moves down uh, under DC. DC moves up two spots. All Saints and Prano Preston would move down. Uh, because Alston's had a close win against an unranked team. Uh, 
and DC keeps rolling through their district. Even though it is District Division Three, they keep rolling. And Plano Prestonwood is kind of just it is what it is type of situation for the bottom three spots. So, uh, but I think that is probably the best way to do it rationally. Uh, if you disagree, please let us know in the comments. But I believe these are our top ten rankings so far. Absolutely, yeah. I mean putting these together, it all makes sense. If we're going to like completely always rely on, well, this team beat that team. So they have to be here. We'll never get a list done. You have to, you have to make some allowances for some things. And I think, you know, it's an art and a science, but at the end of the day, I'm very comfortable with this. I think it's the right choice. That being said, Walker, I think it's, I think it's time that we get to some games of the week, but not before a word from our sponsor, high point signs and apparel. Guys, again, we're broken records. High point signs and apparel make everything incredibly smooth and easy to work with. Um, just looking down at this gigantic project of building our own merch line and designing it and executing the sales of all of it, it seemed incredibly daunting. And just you you think there's no way this can ever get done very smoothly. It's going to take meetings and phone calls and the long, long process. High point signs and apparel was probably provided us the most smooth experience that we could have possibly imagined through here. If you have any needs with shirts, signs, hoodies, any type of apparel you want made, I can't recommend them enough. They're fantastic. They don't miss deadlines. They provide exceptional customer service. They will meet or beat any price. And they also create online stores that can provide your employees with apparel or they can be profit centers. Walker, these guys are fantastic. Some some good friends of ours now, and yeah. very very happy that they're on board sponsoring because we love promoting their products. Your your thoughts on High Point Science and Apparel? No, yeah, they're amazing, man. I you know we talked about all the apparel stuff we do with them, but also I just went by their signs part of the section just the other day, and so they also do signs as well. So if you need any signs around your stadium, you know athletic directors, coaches that are listening to this, if you want signs in your locker room or around the school, reach out to them and they can easily get it done. They want to help this community massively, and then also. If y'all have any playoff shirts you'll want to do or anything, they're looking to help everyone in the private school community. So definitely reach out to them. Uh, they'll, they're easy to work with. They'll design it perfectly, exactly what you're looking for. So definitely reach out to them. Um, they're awesome to work with. We're excited to keep working with them. And, you know, we you know only promote products we believe in. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Higher Point Science Apparel. Absolutely. The links to High Point Signs and Apparel will be in the description. So make sure you check them out. Go visit their site, schedule a consultation with them. They are fantastic. So thank you to High Point Signs and Apparel for sponsoring this episode. So, Walker, let's get into some games. Five to be exact with an absolutely loaded slate this week. We will begin with Antonian at Central Catholic. Antonian is a 13 and a half point favorite. Five and one Antonian will make the short drive to two and four Central Catholic to play in a contest known as the Holy Bowl. The Apaches boast a heck of a rushing attack behind junior Michael Moreno and senior Landon Proutry. Both guys can give you a buck 50 on any given night. And it's worth noting Central gave up 264 rushing yards to St. Thomas last week. But the talent doesn't stop there. Jace Toscano to Riley Strode has been a connection that we've talked about for a couple years now, and I expect big performances from both of them as well. As for Central, I'm a big fan of junior quarterback Garrett Tyser ever since I saw him as a sophomore in that playoff game against Lynch. He's a great athlete. But I just don't think there's enough firepower here to stop Antonian's attack, given the Apaches in this matchup. Walker, you've seen Antonian play live to open the season against um, Holy Cross. Do I you did. also feel that they can get this done here against Central? 
Uh, yes. Firstly, I want to. I'm going to. You know, as a San Antonian, you know, favorite. Uh, they that is not the Holy Bowl. Central Catholic versus Holy Cross is the Holy Bowl. Dang uh, it! I'm going to shout out to my San Antonian people. I know ball. Anyways. <laughs> uh, secondly, um. I, I think Antonian wins this and covers it massively. I think Antonian is the much better team here. I, I'm going to go with the Apaches. Jace Toscano is one of the most underrated dudes in TXPS. That man is a just a poised, strong, intelligent quarterback, exactly where he needs to go. He's not. He doesn't go. He doesn't get crazy. He does. He, it's, he does his job and he does it to the best of his ability. When he's out there having to make plays, running around, you know, finding where he the ball needs to go, it's effortless for him. And he and it just it just looks like he loves the game. And it's just so much fun watching him play. It's, um, Central is such an interesting thing because, um, you know. It, they have a couple pieces and, you know, you know, you mentioned a couple of them, so it's not like they are bad, but uh, I just think it's a, this Antonian team is one of the better teams in division one and is truthfully a division one team, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. um, and I really like Moreno Prouty. That backfield is scary, but then you have rally Strode with Jace Toscano. Like you said, it's one of the best connections in all of TXVS. Uh, and I think they're, you know, they've been playing some really good public schools as well. And they've been playing and they have like really good records against them. And I think they're a good team, man. Uh, give me the Apaches in this one. Absolutely. So we're both on the Apaches, which means, of course, ultimately Central will win. What were you going to say? I was going to say, I apologize if we were not going to Midland. This is definitely one of the games I was thinking about going to. The tailgating, the environment, this is one of the best rivalries in all of TXPS. This is so much fun to go to. If you're ever, if you're anyone is in the San Antonio area, go check out this game. It's going to be a fun one. The environment is going to be electric. So uh, excited for that one. Absolutely. That being said, we will move on into the next game. Second Baptist at Fort Bend Christian. Two teams who hope for very different seasons square off this Friday as Second Baptist travels to Fort Bend to take on the Eagles. Senior running back Romarian Tillman has taken the reins of the Fort Bend Christian offense and has looked very impressive from that spot. Also, junior defensive end Blue Chip recruit Max Granville has emerged as Fort Bend Christian's top receiving threat. So look for quarterback Jack Malone to get him the rock early and often. That is still wild to me. That is crazy that Max Granville has emerged as such a such a dominant threat in Fort Bend Christian's air attack. But he looks very good, and I think that's going to be a huge part of this game. Second has gotten bit by the injury bug early in the season, but they appear to be better now as they enter the contest with both J.D. Crisp and Cannon Tune back on the squad. The Eagles have played a murderer's row in non-district, featuring Prestonwood, Kincaid, Episcopal, and St. John's. They've taken care of the two lower-tier teams in St. Pius and Katie St. John's, and Oh, this this game is is hard for me to pick. Usually it's hard because both teams have been so good early in the season, but both have underperformed up to this point. I like Romarian Tillman and and Max Granville a whole lot. I can't believe I haven't mentioned Bennett Warren yet. Just an absolute beast in his own right. Mm-hmm. I don't this think is, I've this ever is I, for such a rivalry too. Like this is such a you know last year we went okay. Fort Bend is like it looks like the better team. And then they played second Baptist at home and played the worst game of their entire season. You know what I mean? So these teams have each other's number. Like this is a good game. And then of course, then Fort Bend dominated second Baptist in playoffs. Like these guys also hate each other. Like this is, this is a tough one. Um, Yeah. This is, this is going to be an interesting one because both teams have not shown 
like they have not shown that they're they're the top of that district this year. <sighs> I, I didn't even write a pick in for here because I didn't know when right. I was making the script and I hardly know now. Listen, with with JD Crisp and Cannon Toon being back, I'm gonna take second Baptist. Um Man, this is this is hard for me. I don't know if I've ever picked against. I picked against Fort Bend like once ever, and that's when they played Regents last year, and I was wrong about that. So ultimately, I'm sure I'll be wrong again. But uh, I, I do like second in this matchup. Walker Lot, what are you feeling? Man, it is interesting um, because if you told me a couple weeks ago this game was happening, I would have picked sec- second Baptist by, you know, easily. Cause I think they're the better, they have the better talent. They're coming together easily. The start of the year was good for them, but then, you know, you lose Turner Murdoch and, you know, you have a lot of injuries, but you know, JD crisp and Kenan Tube both played last week. Lancaster Davis is running the ball. Bryce Butler with the club, at least a couple weeks ago, moved a linebacker and he looks really good, et cetera, et cetera. They have a talented squad. And then, for Ben, you know, started really bad, you know, losing a lot of games that you would not expected them to. They had to go through a lot of growing pains, but they beat, you know, LSA last week and maybe are coming into their own. And it's like, okay, do you believe in them? Do you, you know, all this, this is tough, man. It, and it's now, you know, it's at for Ben this year. So that has to play a crucial role in that, you know, um, where it's going to be on turf, you know, it's not going to be on the grass of second Baptist. Maybe that's going to play a part. You know, because we see that in the NFL nowadays, like that's a big deal. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go second Baptist in this one. I I think, I I trust JD Chris. You know, you know, but Max Grimble is the best player in the field. But a Nebraska commit on the other side, like this is a great matchup. This is a this is the game I would probably would have been at if I was not in Midland this week because you know this game is gonna be electric and it's gonna be one of the best environments. These teams truly do not like each other, and um, man, this is this is gonna be a fun one. Yeah, I'm gonna go second Baptist, but then Max Grable is gonna make me eat my lunch and like he's gonna prove all of us wrong because you know Max Grable is probably the best player in all of Division Two. Well. Uh, barring, barring liver. I don't know. That's. Do you go against the guy who's been offered by Bama? Yeah, that's a really good point. I don't know if I can. Yeah, he, he really might be. Yeah, I don't know. I, I am now scared to death because you're, you're setting us up to get absolutely just lambasted on, on Twitter after Fort Bend ultimately pulls us off, but it'll be interesting. I think it's going to be a great game. I think both teams are going to, uh, uh, I think yeah. this, this is certainly a game where one of these teams <clears throat> is going to round a corner and I yes. think flip the script on their season. Yeah. This is going to be massive because the South, you know, regions has some issues, but they do look like the best team out of the South right now in division two. But if some of the, one of these two teams is, this is going to be a make or break on the season. Yes. They're going to play in playoffs and they might meet each other in the playoffs, like blah, 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 blah. But this is going to build confidence for either squad. All right. Second, second Baptist, they have a lot of talent. They come up with their injury bug and now they're overcome it. They're starting their season off strongly beat the, their district rival and they keep going. That's going to be build confidence for them on the other side for Ben. If they win after the, the struggle they started the season with, that is so much confidence going into playoffs with the, you know, the, the, the power five guys that they have. I'm going to go second Baptist. I think I really like Cannon Toon. I love the running back, you know, with, you know, Langston Davis and, you know, JD Chris being back is so electric and blah, 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 blah. And I think their offensive line, I'm not going to say you're going to handle Max Granville because I don't think anyone really can handle Max Granville. 
I think they're going to slow him down enough, and that's going to get clipped so quickly next game. I think they're going to slow him down enough to where they can get the offense going and uh, play this and win this game. But um, also, Romari and Tillman is going to be a dog. So I I don't know, man. This is this this is the most unsafe I felt on a pick in a while. It's uh it's going to be a fun game regardless, and we'll we'll hear from either side once it's over. But it's uh I'm I'm looking very forward to that. It's going to be a fun matchup. But moving on, the next thing we're going to cover is Lake Country Christian at Trinity Christian Lubbock. TCS Lubbock is a 33.5-point favorite in this game, which I think is is a little crazy. But Lake Country will take a long drive to Lubbock Friday when the Eagles travel to play the Lions. Junior quarterback Gannon McElroy has looked very impressive as of late, tossing five touchdowns off of 270 yards and a win against Trinity Christian Willow Park last week. He's also the main rushing threat for the Eagles. Senior Elijah Sherman has also been impressive on the receiving front as Lake Country has exceeded expectations this season after losing the brother's daughter to Fort Worth All Saints. However, TCS Lubbock looks impressive as well to start the year with a 5-1 and start behind athletes like Eli Reeves and Benjamin Bruce. You add in guys like Eli Davis in the secondary, and this Lions squad is poised for another playoff run in Taps Division Three. Seriously, if you're unfamiliar with Eli Reeves and Benjamin Bruce, go check them both out. They are legit dudes, and they get hidden away because they're in Lubbock, and they deserve a lot more recognition. This game is tough for me, and you might look at a 33.5-point spread and think that's crazy, but I was, you know, I was doing my homework on both teams, and it, it took me a while to commit to a side. I personally think this game is a coin flip. You know, It's why we picked it as a game of the week. But I'm going with TCS Lovick here. Um, I really like that program, and maybe it's just because I'm more familiar. But Eli Reeves and Benjamin Bruce are both fantastic. That connection is, is awesome when it's working well. And Eli Reeves is just a gamer, man. Whenever I watched him... Last year when I went to Lubbock to cover a game, the dude just makes plays. He's got that, you know, he's got that Brett Kilchrist, that Johnny Manziel on him where you get the ball in his hands and he's going to gut it out and get you a first down. Uh, I really like TCS Lubbock in this matchup. I think they are going to win on Friday. Wow. Yeah. Um, It's an interesting one. Like, uh, it just gets a, you know, Lake Country back in the day, a couple of years ago, I don't know why it's back in the day, but we're a really good squad in Division Three. They always have been. And then it took a couple years off of kind of not being one of the favorites in Division Three. When that, when you know, when they were going down, that is when TCS Lubbock were coming up, and now have become one of the bigger powers in Division Three. We talk about DC a lot about you know in Division Three, but TCS Lubbock has always been a power in Division Three. Always has been, always will be. Um, and this is kind of a power trying to sustain on top without Marcus Ramon Edwards versus a team that is kind of trying to come back to the, what they used to be. Um, and I like your TCS, TCS pick, but you know where Lake Country is from. I would think that would make you pick against them. They've come from Panther City, Funky Town, the 817. I'm going to go for Fort Worth Lake Country Christian. Um, I, I really like this team, man. And beating a Fort Worth Christian team earlier in this year is something I did not expect from this squad. And they, they did not just beat them. They demolished them. It was a big, big win. And, um, yeah, Lake Country, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the guys from the 817. I believe in these dudes. And, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a good one. I think this is going to be a fun one. Um, even though it is in Lubbock, I, I really like uh, you know Wade White's and his team. I I really like this team, man. So give me Lake Country. 
I think it's going to be a great game. Like I said, the spreads aren't always – they're getting better – at this point, also disclaimer: we don't make the spreads. I have to say, I have to say it every episode. I'm glad I finally said it last <laughs> week because I got to clip it and put it on Twitter and tell some kid we don't make the spreads when he said it. But that being said, the spreads are getting better. Um, the computer model generates them a little closer once you get some common opponents in there. That being said, 33 and a half is wild for this game. I think it's a close game. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm really excited to see how this one turns out. But moving forward. We're going to cover some SPC action in Dallas, where Kincaid will travel up there to face the Eagles of Episcopal School of Dallas this Friday in a battle for positioning in SPC 4A. Kincaid is a five and a half point favorite. ESD needs this win badly. They're already 0-1 in district, and a loss will effectively eliminate them from postseason contention. However... A win for Jake Jerky and Nick Wheeler would do wonders for the Eagles' confidence and placing, especially with EHS's loss last week. Yep. However, Kincaid has been playing some inspired football as of late, holding St. Thomas under 30 and blowing out St. Mark's t- in the last couple weeks. I think Capo Bianco and Miles Rader get it done in the spot. They're never overtly flashy, but Kincaid always seems to get it done in these spots. Plus, Larned knows the importance of this game to start 2-0 in district. Kincaid starts 2-0 here. They're in a really good spot to, to play themselves into the SBC championship. Um, I it, It's a brand that I trust. Not to say that ESD isn't. They have a fantastic culture as well. But, you know, I'm tired of picking against Kincaid. Um, I, I, I like Kincaid a lot as a program. I think they have a great opportunity to go out and make a statement win this Friday. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go Kincaid. You know, uh, the interesting thing, of course, was like, okay, well, you know, Jack has been telling us all about this, you know, Kincaid defense who's not allowed. Let me look at this. But since before St. Mark's did not allow more than 14 points a game and then St. Mark's, they allowed 28. But on the flip side, they scored 51 points. And, you know, that was kind of the interesting thing where, okay, on offense, you don't have a guy to run the ball like a bell brother or everything. And I know they're getting tired of us probably talking about that every year. But I like I said earlier in this episode, they're a good squad. They don't, you know, they don't need a bell brother. They have really good football players on this squad. And I think Campo Bianco's coming in his own. I was looking at the stats on Max Preps, you know. he's He has thrown for 700 yards and then thrown for 10 touchdowns and two interceptions. That's a great ratio. Uh, in seven games, and I, I think they have what it takes to kind of win this game. And, you know, you can never count out Larned. He knows how to coach an SBC. He knows the, how to beat people. Um, Yeah, give me Kincaid in this one, even if it is at ESD. But, that I mean, this is the start of the tough stretch for Kincaid, and I think they get it done here. But, yeah, that's going to be a fantastic game. I'm really looking forward to see how both teams fare there. But – Walker, uh, moving into this, uh, we've got we've got a game that I think needs no introduction, but we'll introduce it anyways. And Midland Christian itself for making this happen. It was such a fun opportunity. Hey, we'd love to do it again during football season. I'll just say that before we get out of here.
Liberty Christian at Midland Christian. Liberty is a 25 and a half point favorite. Here we go. Friday will feature a blockbuster matchup in Midland, and it's so good that we'll have to make the trip out there. Listen, Liberty Christian needs no explaining. Wellover and company are averaging 55 points a game, while the Witten brothers are only allowing seven. Probably the most dominant team through six games I've seen since covering the sport, and there's no two ways about that. I don't know how anyone stops this offense. If you sell out to cover Janicek, you have Stump and Brown who will burn you. Yep. If you step back and say, okay, we're going to guard the pass, Chase Garnett's going to thrash you on the ground. It's pick your poison here. But if any team is equipped to slow down elite talent, it's the Midland Christian Mustangs. Between Keller Weathers, Boston Rodriguez, and Fiki Hassan, the Stangs held a star-studded Fort Worth All Saints team to 14 points last week in an effort we did not see coming. And also, with guys like Briley Perez and Colton Newsom on offense, I, I the Mustangs have a much better shot than people anticipate looking at this matchup. It's going to be very interesting. While the defense has to come around, the offense is going to have to put more than seven points on the board, though, as we saw against All Saints last week. I think Midland wins this game by controlling the clock and getting three yards in a cloud of dust on offense. However, I don't think that's going to work against a team as talented as Liberty. I think this game is much closer than people anticipate, but it's it's Liberty Christian. And at this point in the season, looking how they've dominated teams, um, I'd be called crazy not to pick them in this game. I really do think they're going to win. I think it's going to be a fantastic matchup, but I have to take Midland. I have to take Liberty Christian in this spot. Yeah, this is this is going to be a fun one. I'm so excited to be out there. It's going to be homecoming. You know, Midland Christian is one of the best environments in all of TXPS. I'm excited to be back for a football game since playing there in my junior year of high school. Like this is going to be a fun one. Um, they're going to be crazy. They're going to be loud. It's going to be one of the best environments. It's going to be so much fun to be there. Um, you know, you know, before the season, we heard about Briley Perez coming in and how much of a difference maker he was going to make on this offense. And he's shown that throughout the weeks. Um, I was, I was watching it online when they were beating or then we were playing against, uh, uh, Pleasant Grove, which is a very, very good squad. And they oh, yeah. held him held with him a lot of the game until the very end. And Briley Perez was a big part of that. And he's gonna have to have the game of his career against this one to kind of avert the tie that is uh, you know, uh Liberty. And I I I love I love Midland. I love the campus, I love the environment, I love the culture. Um but I wouldn't be doing justice if I didn't pick Liberty. I have to be an analyst first. And you you can't go you can't go wrong with the numbers. Fifty five points per game on offense and seven points per game allowed on defense. Um, I, those numbers you can't you can't look at those and not see the teams they also have beaten and be like, okay, you you go against that. Um, Liberty is the best team in all of TXPS, and with especially with EHS losing, it's bar none now. And um, you know the bus fatigue is going to play a part, and they're going to maybe get hit in the mouth, but a team like Jason Wynn's team coached is going to hit him right back. And I really think that's how it's going to be. Give me Liberty, but uh, you can never count out the Mustangs. That's if any, if I've learned anything, you can never count out the Mustangs. No, absolutely not. Uh, just a huge shout out to Midland Christian and their athletic department. Um, we, af after getting the opportunity to go and cover a basketball game there, we, we said we would, 
absolutely loved cover a football game down there just because of how electric the atmosphere was and we got the opportunity and we took it in a heartbeat and plus i mean their athletic department and especially mustang network and their in-house media department is one of the coolest things i've ever seen they produce some fantastic content go follow them and and check it out if you haven't already it's one of the coolest things i've seen in private school sports but that being said, I'm incredibly excited. It's going to be one of my highlights of this year to be able to go out to Midland and cover another sporting event. It is going to be a fantastic week in private school football. Walker Lot, you have anything to leave the people with? Yeah, because we're not even we're not only covering the game, we're also going to be doing their homecoming stuff. So we'll be on Friday covering their homecoming and their homecoming parade and doing our own thing. So I don't know if it's going to be live stream on our channel or how that's going to work, but we'll we'll post it out on the socials to so come, you know, come watch or whatever. And, uh, you know, Midland treats us right all, all the time and we love them for it. And they're, you know, one of the best cultures in TXPS. And we're so excited to be out there. So thank you again to Midland uh, for, you know, inviting us out. And um um, we'll post like we're going to do a vlog on the trip and do this whole thing. So it's going to be a lot of content from this weekend. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, good one. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Keep an eye in your feed for that. It's going to be a great week for us as a channel, but more importantly for Texas private school football as an entity, it is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. But with that being said, it's been a fantastic episode. I have been half of your hosting crew, West Hollis, and Walker Lot has fantastically been himself. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one. Hey!